Hello everyone and welcome to the latest episode of Dairy Pot. I'm Rory McDonald from the Dairy Australia Farm Team and in this episode we are looking closely at one farmer's experience of changing milk companies. Andrew Wilson, who farms at Strathmerton in Victoria's North, was a rusted-on Murray-Goldburn supplier until the cooperative ceased to exist. These days he shops around between companies for the best deal he can find on a year-to-year basis. Andrew, who is speaking here with Murray Dairy's Lisa Burrell, mentions the Dairy Industry Code of Conduct which came into effect almost 18 months ago. Make sure you stay tuned afterwards, where we'll explain more about the code and some other advice on how to get the best value for your milk. So welcome, Andrew. Just a little bit about yourself. You've changed milk factories a number of times. What sort of decisions do you make around when you consider changing a milk factory? Yeah, g'day, Lisa. Um, yeah, I've been here 11 years on my own farm. I started with MG, Murray Goulburn, back in the day. And switched to Dairy Farmers Milk Co-op. I suppose one of the things I look at each year when I'm doing my pricing is I'm a high testing farm, not necessarily high litres. So I need a factory that'll complement my high testing regime to match their pricing. So when you consider making a swap, obviously milk price is one of the factors. How do you go around speaking to other factories? What process or steps do you use to start that conversation with someone else? I suppose initially it was getting the milk income estimations on the table so I knew where their pricing was. And then the other factors is dairy farmers is still a cooperative and I do like the cooperative model. Still have a fair bit of say in the company so that was important to me as well. And in terms of the numbers, you're the one that provides your litres and your kilos of fat and protein to each of the milk factories? Yep, so I do... Exactly the same figures I send out to all the factories. So we're comparing apples with apples. Every month's identical. And then just assessing how and when they pay. Because it's not only the final figure, it's what time of the year their payments come in. And what other factors, aside from milk price and when they pay you the money that you need for your business, what other factors do you need to take into consideration that you see are important? You've mentioned a cooperative but uh, important that's on offer when you consider changing? Some of the things also is the history of the company that I'm looking at. How's their track record look? Um, How have they treated their farmers? I'm involved in a fair few discussion groups and just talking to fellow farmers. Some companies probably don't sit comfortably with me on their previous history. So that's a factor. Like I say, the the high test and probably also... I suppose, access to that company, how far away are they? That's in terms of the management. Well, the management or even something like testing, getting your milk tested. My current facility is five minutes away. Other factories, it's through vets or it's an hour and a half trip. You don't mean to do it, but sometimes when you need that service, it's really handy having it on your doorstep. Do you consider other options such as... Um, financial options that the factory might offer or extra quality help if you happen to have a period of poor quality? Yeah, I suppose, yeah, the the financial, the loans available is, yep, it's a factor. Um, The quality, the quality help, yeah, um, with our company, we have a point system. So if you're really good for 51 weeks of the year and you have a hiccup on the last week, there is sort of reward for having a really good year instead of 
getting hit with a big stick from from the minute you get a bad quality. So that was also important, rewarding good behaviour over a long period of time. And relationship with the field staff or that sort of secondary, you know, it's nice to have, but the other items... Yeah, it's probably I, I find it important. I talk to my bloke probably every couple of weeks. We, we bandy around a lot of ideas and a lot of thoughts, do a lot of networking with my field officer. Um, again, for the betterment of the company because you feel like you have got a say in it. So that's probably, yeah, one thing that is important is having good field staff available. So the 1st of June 2020, the Code of Conduct, the Dairy Industry Code of Conduct came into practice. How have you seen that process change to what you've done and how you've dealt with the factories in the past? Well, it is a big change, especially in Victoria where we had anywhere from a two or three month window for all the factories to bring out their pricing. Now it's all got to be done within 30 days. So not only do we have to educate ourselves, but the factories now do. Some are a bit later getting out their price than others. Some out, come out with a base price, others come out with an opening price. So yeah, that first 2020 June price was definitely a bit all over the shop, but yeah, they'll definitely be different this year, I imagine, as we all learn yeah, how we went last year. Did you find the process was different to what you'd done in the past in terms of being more on, on top of your game to get your numbers out earlier or were you quite comfortable with what your factory offered you? Yeah, no, definitely different this year because the price had to be out by the end of June. Traditionally, my company sometimes wouldn't come out to August. Um, so they were probably a bit on the back foot. They did come out with a very good price towards the end, but yeah, some of the companies that come out early scared their farmers into signing early. Which, um, yeah, they probably didn't realise that they had a 14-day window to, to get out. So, yeah, no, definitely a different, different uh, what, scenario. And one, yeah, we will have to be on the ball with this year. One of the other big changes that the Dairy Industry Code of Conduct has introduced is really talking around an, an exit strategy. In the past, you could just notify your processor and just say, I'm leaving on this date and make sure every money was due and everything was caught up to date. There is now an exit strategy as a part of it. Do you understand what's involved if, you know, with the different processes as to what you have to do if you were to end a contract? Yeah, I'm probably not quite over that as much as probably I could or should. I sort of think, well, you sign a one-year contract, right, oh, it's one year, head down, bum up. Um, probably not really in the market of ending a contract unless something diabolical happened. Um, so at this stage, yeah, I've still got my head in. It's a one-year contract. At the end of that, all bets are off, back to the drawing table, so you offer the best price going forward. And is there anything within your you know, where you are at the moment, that if something was to change that you either decided to milk a lot more cows or milk a lot less cows, would you be penalised by your current agreement? Well, the current wording says if we've got a 10% variation, we do need to notify them. I suppose getting back to that relationship with the field officer, I suppose you have those conversations all along, whether you're upping cows or lowering cows. But probably at the minute with a big shortage of milk in the country... I think at this stage, they're happy to take whatever milk they can get. Now, with your carving pattern, you're a split, split carving, order. so yep. spring and autumn carving. Do you find that uh, there's 
differences between different factories depending on your carving pattern? Yeah, it did work out that way that, yeah, yeah, there is a, there's a big difference actually if you're seasonal or whether you are split. I've chosen split, it works well with my labour force, which is just me and also my farm. Um, and also complements, yeah, probably getting a bit more of a premium with your pricing rather than the seasonal far, uh, carving, if that's what I was doing. So you find there are productivity incentives that are open to you because of your twice-a-year carving? Yeah, there is, and that's probably something underlying in most factories is they are pushing towards that flat milk supply, and they probably do that with their pricing. So it's a little bit of a carrot that if you want to produce that, they will give you a couple of more dollars at the end of the day. Collection costs and volume charges, do you take that into consideration between different processes? When I initially left Murray Goulburn, that was a consideration. The month, the last month I was with them, it was a $2,500 collection charge for the month. My new company's $10 a pickup, 15 pickups. So, yeah, $150 compared to 2500 was, yeah, did come into consideration. So if you were to give other farmers some tips on what's involved, um, you know, come the 1st of June, looking and wanting potentially to speak to other milk factories, what are your, you know, biggest maybe top three tips that you can pass on to other farmers that they need to really take into consideration to jump if for the right reasons if that's what they decide to do? So my biggest thing, which I believe more and more farmers will be doing, is doing an income estimation and send them to as many factories as you have available. You'll do um, wonders on looking at the figures. It could be up to $1.50 a kilo milk solids difference for your same results with different companies. So that's probably the, the, the biggest tip. And then, yeah, the things around that that's important to you as a business, they're an added consideration. But getting those income estimations out, that'll just be the way forward for everybody now. And get them out earlier in the month so you've got a little bit longer to consider your decision? Yeah, get, yeah, get them out as soon as you can. As soon as you're comfortable with your numbers, either going forward or for the previous 12 months, make sure they all get identical set of numbers. And also make sure you do read them. Some companies have added GST unknowingly in the price. Others assume step-ups in the price. So when you do get them back, definitely go through them to make sure you are apples with apples. And obviously understand uh-huh. any differences in milk quality parameters between different factories and what else that factory can do to help your business. Yeah, spot on, because there is becoming a bigger difference in milk quality. Um, some of your domestic players do have tighter parameters. And if you fit in those parameters, that's fine and good and you'll be rewarded. But if you're not quite, you do need to take that into account because some of those penalties can be a bit harsh over time and can make a big influence to your bottom line. And then work out what you've currently got with your current factory, which of those services that are very important to your business and which ones are just nice but not essential and make sure if you're going to jump that the other processor offers the same service. Exactly right, Lisa. And, and, And don't be afraid to jump. I mean, all the processes are there to help you. So if you're a little unsure, um, as long as all the fundamentals stack up, yeah, don't be afraid to move because it's probably not as scary as what it looks and it's happening more and more each year. So just uh, probably a negative about this code of conduct is the inability of factories to offer longer-term contracts. 
because they've now got to have a base price if you want a three-year contract. So although that sounds good, but the factories are very hesitant to do that. So as farmers, where we start locking in water, grain on two, three-year contracts, it's probably a bit unfortunate we can't yet do that with milk on the way the current contracts or code of conduct stands. So if that being the case, you literally will go out there and try to chase the highest price you can with the bits that you like to work for your business because you have forward contracted or locked in prices for your grain contracts and and also around water situation here in Northern Victoria. Yeah, so if your expenditures are locked in, which is a sound business move, if you can't lock in your milk for two or three years, well, each year it's probably the best price wins if that works for your business. But yeah, it would be nice to see some flexibility to try and get longer term milk contracts to complement your longer term fodder and water contracts that we're doing in Northern Victoria now. Any other points that you reckon you want to make to fellow farmers out there? It's probably just don't be afraid to do it. And if you're unsure, contact your field staff, contact your, your Murray Dairy support staff. They're all on board. They're all there for your business. So, yeah, if you're a bit unsure, reach out. There's plenty of help and it's all there to help you and your business going forward. And probably your other farmers within the network, as no doubt many of them have done it and they can be great help as well. Yep, yep. It's a, it's a new era, but more and more are doing it. And like I say, it's not scary like it used to be. Farmers can change three companies in three years and people aren't looked down upon they just think good on you that works for your business so that's got to be a positive for everybody very good thank you very much for your time today andrew thanks to andrew and lisa for that candid look at how one farmer makes his decisions when it comes to choosing a milk processor the dairy industry code of conduct means that processors must publish standard minimum farm gate prices by the first of june each year which is a good time to shop around and decide whether you might change processors or stick with your current company Every farm business should be comparing different offerings out there and choosing the one that would best suits your financial and personal circumstances. As you heard from Andrew, there's plenty to consider when making your choice and the best place to start is at dairyaustralia.com.au forward slash msas. At Dairy Australia, we have a you ask, we answer approach to support dairy farmers with the resources needed when thinking of entering into a new milk supply agreement this season. Any guidance provided by Dairy Australia is to help you make an informed decision, however it is not legal advice. Consider consulting with your legal practitioner before signing a new agreement, as this is a legally binding document that outlines the parameters for milk supply. This project is supported by the Department of Agriculture through funding from the Australian Government. That's it again for this episode. You can find all the DairyPod episodes on SoundCloud, or you can subscribe at Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts and Spotify. Thanks for listening. Until next time, bye for now.